the day the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Is anybody glad to be in church? Hallelujah. Let's pray and invite God's blessing. Father, we're coming to you tonight. We're thankful, God, for your blessing and your help. Thanking you, Lord, for your kindness to us. We pray that you would smile upon us and help us, Lord, to receive of you in this service. Let us leave changed, Lord, because we've been in your house and in your presence. We're thanking you, God, and giving you praise in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to the Lord. Welcome him into this house and enter into his praise. God bless you.
Oh, hallelujah. Do you feel that way tonight? Nothing else will do. I want more of him. I want more of Jesus. Hallelujah. Nothing else will do. Praise God. Let's just linger in his presence a moment more. I feel him such in a special way. Hallelujah. Nothing else will do, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. How good and wonderful it is to know him tonight. Amen. Amen. We want to pray at this time. We want to continue to pray for Sister Annie, that God would touch her. Amen. Let's remember those that we pray regularly for. Let's continue to pray for Chad Campbell. Let's continue to pray for Sonny Albert. Ask God to touch these men. Amen. Is there a special need on this side? How about this side? Amen. As we pray, if there's any needs here tonight, you want to come forward, we'll pray with you and help you. Amen. Laying hands on you and believe in God. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're trusting you, God, for greater things. There's nothing, God, impossible for you. You have all power in heaven and in earth. We pray for these requests tonight. Lord, the word says to make our requests known. And we're doing that. We're praying for Sister Annie. Tell them that you would touch her in her body. Lord, our healer, the one who gives us health. No, Lord, you're the source of all good things. We're praying for Chad Campbell. Asking you, Lord, to touch this young man. God, restore his health. We're praying for Brother Sonny Albert. Touch him, Lord. Strengthen him. Bless him, God. In the name of Jesus, every need we put in your hands tonight, nothing, God, that you cannot do. Lord, we're trusting you, Lord, for all these things, and we believe in you in Jesus' name. And I wonder if by faith you just give the Lord a thanks right now. Would you do that? Father, we're thanking you. We're thanking you by faith. Hallelujah. We're thanking you for answering prayer by faith. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Praise God. Asking our ushers to come and we're going to receive your Sunday evening offering. Amen. God bless you. As you give, your tithe and offering tonight, believe in God. Amen. Would you say this affirmation with me? Upon the authority of your word I have given, shall be given to me, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I am a tither. I bring my tithe today into your storehouse. Therefore, the enemy is rebuked. The curse is broken. I live under an open heaven. You pour out upon me such a blessing that there is not enough room to receive it. We receive jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, sales and commissions, benefits and settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, 
Gifts and surprises, bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received. My whole family saved and walking with God. Blessed to walk in health and abundance with divine favor. I am blessed going in. I'm blessed going out. All that I do will prosper in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. You know, we say this most of the time on a weekly basis. Amen. How many's found those things to be true? Has anybody experienced those blessings we've talked about? I know there's been numerous of you that have come and shared with me privately and said, this is what the Lord did. It's just like we say it in that affirmation, the Lord has done it for me. I know that he has. You live in the blessings of God. Would you stand? Amen. Let's pray over this offering. Ask God's blessing. Let's do it now. Jesus, we're thanking you for the blessings of God and your mercies. We're thanking you, God, for this opportunity to be able to give. We're praying, Lord, that you would just bless in a special way. Lord, take this and use it for your kingdom. We ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you as you bring your tithe and offering tonight. The Lord bless you.
in this place. I think they ought to sing that again. Amen. I just feel the presence of God so strong. Oh, hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve tonight.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You may be seated. God bless you. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. My. I call this going to church. Amen. I want to be where I can feel the presence of God. I want to be where people have liberty to worship him, lift their voice to him. Amen. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a great God. What a great God. Tonight is kickoff night for us for Christmas for Christ. Christmas for Christ is an offering that is raised for North American missions. We've been involved in North American missions for many years. As a matter of fact, from the onset of this church, and we've been involved in that even before. We love Christmas for Christ and what its purpose is. And often through the years I've shared that we, my wife and I in this church, have been recipients of Christmas for Christ funds that helped us in a time of need. When we were much smaller, did not have the financial support that this church has today. And we was able to turn to Christmas for Christ funds and request some assistance. And they came through in a special time when we needed it the most. And I appreciate that that was there because people gave. Amen. And now our offerings are much bigger than what we received even in assistance. And that's the way it ought to be. Just we keep giving and giving and God gives back. You cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. God has blessed, blessed us. He's blessed us abundantly. And uh, through the years we, we have give um, offerings uh I was looking for uh, the largest offering, and I just couldn't locate those numbers. So I went in and looked at plaques that are in the hallway over here, and I thought, well, maybe there's something there, and there is one of over $2,100 in there for one year. But it seems that we give more than that. But uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, We may have not. I just know that consistently this church, you have give and been a blessing. Amen. Too often over the last several years, I have been late giving you that opportunity. Seems like we've had all kinds of things happening and seems like, well, tonight's not a good night to do so. But tonight is still November. And I said, you know what? Let's do it. And so here we are. Regardless of those that are absent, they'll have their opportunity to give also. But you get first choice. And what is Christmas for Christ for? 
Christmas for Christ is for North American missions. It helps provide assistance to starting churches where there are not churches in cities and communities. And uh, we allow there to be assistance uh, in in uh, buildings and various things, grants that go for them, help them in various needs. And uh, even if it doesn't come directly back to us, you cannot deny that God doesn't bless you for giving. Amen. And so I served on the North American Missions Committee the board in our district for about 27 years. I was one of the longest serving members and I only kept going back because our section kept sending me back. And uh, But I loved it. I loved working on that committee and I saw a lot of good things that took place. And now our own brother Brandon Brosey is filling that spot. And uh, we're glad that he's there because he has a burden for missions. Amen. Well, one of the things that developed over the years was the, uh, the, the promotion of the idea to start churches by daughter works. And uh, that means there is, <clears throat> excuse me, a mother church and we help support and assist a daughter work. And I I don't tell you often enough how much you are doing for our daughter work, which is Monroe City. And uh, we are a blessing to them. I'm so thrilled that uh, they have done as much as they have done. We have some of the folks from Monroe City here tonight. Love them. They're precious people. Amen. And uh, what a great blessing it is to hear the great reports. Uh, Today, Sister Robin went up and filled in for Brother Brandon and Sister Jen. And uh, they're on vacation. He texted me a while ago. He said, Brother Axon, we made it to Indiana. (laughs) They're coming back from the East Coast. He said, we made it to Indiana. He says, we'll be coming on home in the morning. But they're stopping to sleep overnight and then be coming on. And so we miss them from service tonight. Faithful. They have Sunday morning church there. They come here on Sunday night. They have Tuesday night church there. They come here on Wednesday night. I'm telling you, they go to church more than you all do. They're wonderful people. And they love the work of God, the work of ministry. But what does our church do for them? Our church was able to be uh, to help purchase a building. As a matter of fact, it, it is actually a building that our church has purchased because the Monroe City Church cannot afford it on their own. And so as the mother church, we just stepped in and we're buying that. And so... Over a year's time, the payments are a little over $440 a month. That's coming from your offerings. 
and we pay over $5,200 a year investing that into the Monroe City Church. I'm grateful that God has provided that. I'm grateful that we have people that give faithfully. They just give and give and give. Amen. We have not asked for a special offering for it. We're just taking it out of our offerings. And God has been a blessing to us. And so we, we do that. Amen. We give to missions beyond North America missions. We give to global missions, which is beyond North America. And we give over $1,300 through global missions. Well, I should back off a little bit. We give uh, North American missions. We give $125 towards uh, what is called global evangelism. That's the Brian Norman ministry. We give $100 a month to the marshals who are in New York City starting a church. And we give $25 a month to Tupelo Children's Mansion. So you figure it out. It's over $15,000 a year that we give in those offerings. So you just spread that out a little bit, and you've got over $20,000 a year that is coming to missions. But that's not all we're giving. We give to She's for Christ. We give to Christmas for Christ. And it keeps adding up. Well, Brother Axton, I've heard people say, why don't you keep that here? We don't need to give that out. Jesus said, go you into all the world. And so I can't go personally, but I can help send. I can help send. And I want you to know those who report back on a regular basis, including the marshals who don't do it monthly, they do it weekly. They sent me a picture a while ago. They're feeding the homeless they're baptizing the homeless. Amen. They're, they're seeing a work done amongst people. It's amazing what they do on a weekly basis. And they love this church for your faithful giving. And I so appreciate you doing so. Amen. What more do we do? We give to Christmas for Christ. And so I, Sister Alicia, we need to add up sometime how much offerings over a year goes out from this church. Amen. We just keep doing it and we just give and we're, we're not trying to keep score, but I think it is good for you to know these things because it is a blessing to those who are recipients of it. And it's because of your sacrifice. So what do we do? This is the way we've done this for a few years. And I love the way this is accomplished. We have envelopes up here from one to a hundred there is a numerical number on each one, $1, $2, $3, like that. And so, and then we have some large envelopes at the end. But uh, if you will come, I'm going to give you a moment. He's going to just do what he's doing. And we're going to give you a moment to come up and to select an envelope or two or three or whatever you want. If you're looking for $25 and somebody took the $25 one, take a 12 and a 13. That adds up to 25 or take a 26, whatever you want to give. You can take it up to a hundred. You can take two or three. You can take all of them. That's all right. I'll get some more, but, uh, we want you to give something, whatever you're able to do. And if you would, it'll be after Christmas. 
that we need to send this in. And that actually would be uh, sometime in January. So we'll be reminding you. And you just put it on this envelope or you mark it on a regular tithe envelope, put it on as Christmas for Christ. Sister Alicia counts those offerings and she will make sure that it is accredited to you as the giver and also for that purpose of that offering. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. So I'm going to invite you. Just get out of your seat. Come on up. Amen. And uh, come up and select whatever envelope you want. And uh, thank you. Thank you so much for your kindness and your sacrifice in giving. Amen to God. We have them in order. They start from 1 over here to 25 and then 26 to 50. And then the next two rows on the lot lower is the larger denominations. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. And if you want to give tonight, that's all right. You don't have to wait till then. Whenever you are ready, the Lord bless you for giving. Praise God. I think there was a child that picked up the $10,000 one over here. She's trying to give it to somebody. Pray for his daddy right now. There you go. Pray for the daddy right there. That's right. (laughs) Praise the Lord. We're going to leave these out. For a few weeks, and others who are not here tonight may want to select later, even next Sunday morning. There will be some, usually, that come on Sunday morning that want to do so also. Amen to God. (laughs) Praise God. Thank you, brother. Somebody say amen. Christmas for Christ. Such a blessing. Amen. Oh, I forgot. We give another. Oh, I I guess that's in the 335 for our regular North American Missions monthly offering. Who always on that list? The Johnsons in North Dakota. Mark Johnson and his family, we give $100 a month to them. Brown, Brown, I'm sorry. Who else is on the North American list? Do you remember? The Blackburns. The Blackburns, Mark Blackburn in Kansas City area. We give an offering in Los Angeles to a church. You didn't realize you're making an impact in many areas. Amen.
There's one more and I can't think of it, but that's all right. Praise God. We hear regularly about our global missions, those on foreign fields. But uh, Sister Alicia, it would be good some Sunday to get the reports from these others and tell the church about them too. What a great, great work they are doing and you're part of it. Every time you give, you're helping assist them to spread the gospel. Amen. And I want to do that however I can. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Seems like there's something else I want to do tonight, but I guess I've done it all. Amen. The Lord bless you. I'll preach. When a preacher can't think of anything else to do, he preaches. That's right. Take your Bibles tonight. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24. I am going to turn on this other. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There you go. Amen to God. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 24, beginning with verse 24. And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up, brought forth fruit, Then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in the field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up. But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Matthew 13 and verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. 
The enemy that sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels. They shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father who hath ears to hear. Let him hear. Father, we thank you for the word speaking to our lives. Help us with understanding tonight. And we ask in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. God bless you. <clears throat> Praise God. I am preaching about the parable of the tares. The parable of the tares of the field. The scripture tells us in Matthew 13, Jesus began to tell us parables concerning the kingdom. As he began to speak these things, he explained about parables. He says, I speak in parables. Uh, and he told us uh, for the reason, because seeing they see not, or, uh, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And so he spoke in terms that spiritually could be grasped and heard. How important it is that we understand something about what the word of God, what Jesus wanted us to hear. But he began to tell something that in some sense it's almost as if, why? Why, Lord, would you allow your kingdom to experience something as chaotic as tares in the field? Why not remove them? Why not take them out? Why not clean up the mess that can be? Jesus he said, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. It began with good intention. It was good seed that was in the field. But while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. The damage was done. It wouldn't be long before the tares would begin to grow with the wheat. I remember a story told one time by a preacher. He told on himself, he said when he was a boy, his dad put him to work in the garden. He said, son, he says, I'm, I'm going to plow this furrow. And he says, I want you to plant the corn. And I want you to, you know, you got to, it was by hand. He had to drop each, each kernel along the way and spread it out so far. And, and uh, the boy was wanting to go play. And he was anxious to leave the garden and the work and go be with friends. And he looked around and dad was gone. 
So he decided to get rid of the corn fast. And he just took it and buried it in a heap. And he covered it up. He goes and his dad said, did you get it done? Yep, dad, I'm done. I'm going to go place. Okay, son, go on. And that was fine until however how long it takes for that seed to germinate and begin to grow. His dad one day said, hey, son, come with me. Let's go to the garden. I don't know what was going through his mind as he walked out that way, but when he got out there, here is an empty furrow with no corn until you get to the end. And there was just a pile of a bunch of corn coming up all in one spot. The seed had taken effect. It was now time to face the one that, that did that. The scripture says that the Lord in this parable said, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. And while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. The unique thing about the tear, as I understand, <clears throat> is the simple fact that as a tear, the tares look the same as the wheat. They appear the same as the wheat until harvest time. And at harvest time, the burden of the grain of the harvest in the wheat causes it to bend low. It is heavy in its head as it bells low with the burden of the harvest. But Tears are empty. And that's when you can determine what is the tear and what is the real. For the tear will stand up tall in harvest time. It stands up high above all the others. It's easy to pick it out because it carries no burden for the harvest. It carries no burden for the harvest. So when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. And that's when the servant of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? And he said unto him, an enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? Can we go out and pull them out? Clean up the field. He said, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. He said, lest when you gather up the tares you root up also the wheat with them 
It's because the roots will entangle themselves. And when the tares are pulled out, you damage the wheat at the same time, the good wheat. So to spare the wheat, leave the tares alone. The Lord will sort it out. God will take care of it. Oh, I'm telling you, there's so much truth that can be found in this simple parable that Jesus told. He said, let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. I would love to be able just to stand here and say that uh, the, the true meaning of this would be simply, you know, an untruth because I cannot change it. But our first impression is, why would you allow tares to, te- to, to mess up a perfectly good field? Why would you allow tares to grow? We're like that servant that would go and say, let us pull them out. But that would be a, a, a disaster for the good wheat. And so the Lord said, let them grow together. Amen. I, I believe that we see further in this passage in Matthew chapter 13. And it's interesting that Jesus sent the multitude, when he sent the multitude away and he went into the house, his disciples came to him and they said this, declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. Declare unto us the parable of the tares. When I go in the scripture to Matthew 13 and you you read uh, uh, about another uh, parable, it's the parable of the sower. I want to point out a difference here. I want to point out that the parable of the sower, the sower has some, some parts of that parable that it, 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 had, uh, uh, it, it had the enemy. It, it had uh, the, the one, it, it, there, was a, there was the stone. Uh, there was the, the thorns. Amen. But it's not the parable of the stone and the thorns. It's not the parable of the elements that was destructive. But it was the parable of the sower. Amen. And the Lord was wanting to point out about how the sower goeth forth to sow. And uh, where it falls, it falls. But when it comes to the parable of the, the tares, it's not the parable of the wheat. It's the parable of the tares. Amen. I, I'm trying to show you something here. It's interesting that the point that the Lord was making, it seems, is I want you to understand there's going to be times when there is bad. You're going to see bad in the field. You're going to see the work of the enemy. You're going to see the work of that which doesn't belong, it seems like, in the perfect good field. The Lord said, leave it to me. It's my church. 
It's my field. It's my word. I'll take care of it. You just do it my way. We'll get some people to heaven. Amen. There's going to be some people saved. Praise the Lord. Uh, there, there's a song, an old song, and I, I, I've shared with the church before uh, uh, on occasion that I, I regularly, every morning, I will, uh, I will regularly uh, uh, have a song come to my mind. I will. I, I don't know why it is. It's just I wake up. I, I'm glad I do. I'm glad I do. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a praise song. It's a song that worships the Lord. And many times, if not all the time, almost, uh, uh, probably 90% of the time, I don't know. Uh, it's an, it's an old song that I grew up with. And that the words, uh, maybe not all the words come to my memory, but enough that I can write something down. And I have a list of, of, of dozens of if not hundreds of songs that I have wrote down with the date it was there. Recently, there was an old song that came to mind. And as I was just sort of uh, listening to this words go over and over in my mind, I come to that part that says, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me, I am his own. Anybody know that old song? Amen. And he walks with me and he, and I, it just kind of kept going over and over in my mind. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And these words come to me. It's not a part of the song, but it's a part of a message. He tells me, and reminds me, this is his church. It's not my church. This is his church. Amen. I want you to know it's his field and it's going to be his harvest. It's not going to be your field and it's not your harvest. Amen. We're here doing the work for God. We're here worshiping the one that we should be as we sang tonight, bowing ourselves before him, lifting up his, his name and exalting him and somebody ought to say amen. Would you clap your hands to the Lord? <clears throat> the disciples came and said to him, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, <clears throat> He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. <clears throat> Can I just have your attention for a moment? Can I just share with you something I believe is a profound truth if we can grasp a hold of it tonight? <clears throat> How many times have I heard people say, I don't want to go to church because it's just full of hypocrites. I don't want to go to church because uh, it, 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 there's people that don't really, they're not real. They don't really serve God. Welcome. Have you ever heard of the parable of the tares? The Bible says, Jesus in the words of Jesus, he said, the good seed are the children of the kingdom.
kingdom. How many times is that's all we want to see? We just want to see the children of God. We want to see the children of the kingdom. But then the Bible says that the tares are the children of the wicked one. There are times when the enemy is going to sow his seed and it's going to produce children of the wicked one. Amen. The Bible speaks of uh, in the scripture, and I don't have a mark, so I'm not going to turn there, but it speaks in the scripture. And I remember David Gray many years ago teaching on this very thing. And, 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 and he talked about the word. Amen. He talked about what the, the scripture says is the seed of the word. The seed is the word of God. He talks about that, that seed. And he pointed out something. And I'm going to keep this, uh, I'm going to keep this, uh, PG rated as I talk for just for a second here. But, uh, he talked about how that word seed is from a, a, a Greek word, semino. And it was a word that simply uh, today, it, it is actually reference uh, the root of a word that is more common in our vernacular uh, in, in, the, uh, in the side of uh, reproduction. Uh, uh, and it's semen. It has to do with seed. Amen. And he says, the word is the seed. Oh, friend, hear me now. I want you to know there's a seed that is planted in your spirit. There's a seed when the word of God goes forth. Do you remember when you heard it? Do you remember when it began to draw you to him? I'm telling you, my friend, if it's the word of God, it's going to produce the right thing in you. If it's the word of truth, it's going to make you want to live right. It's going to make you want to do right. It's going to make you want to walk right. Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. And so the enemy that sold them is the devil. The devil goes to church too. (laughs) The devil shows up sometimes. Amen. Well, I'll throw him out. I want you to know, uh, uh, he, he's, he's, uh, what he does is he sows seed. Uh, and when he puts a seed in something, uh, he, he walks away. Because once he's got the seed there, he don't have to show back up. Because if somebody has received that seed, they're going to nurture that. And all of a sudden, it's going to start revealing itself. It's going to show itself. Oh, there are those who would like to clean the church out. But I've got news for you. You leave that to God and his word. Amen. Because the Lord is the surgeon that can surgically and he can protect the ones that are around. I heard a preacher many years ago, he told about how that there was a, there was a man that was in his church. He says, I knew he was not living right. I knew he had chose a way of life that was not right. He said, but I put it with him coming. He says, I would shake his hand. I was glad that he was 
was there even though I knew he wasn't living right. Amen. And he didn't want to change. But he says, I did it because he brought his little children with him to church every Sunday. And I knew if I got rid of him, I'd lose the opportunity to save those little kids. Hear me tonight. I'm preaching to you. Sometimes you get your eyes upon the cares that's around you. It's easy to look at the children of the devil. It's easy to look at the children of the world. Amen. It's easy to look at the children of the wicked one and suddenly you begin to think if I would, I could like to run them out. We don't need that kind in the church. You hold on. That wicked one that may be amongst us has some influence in some lives that don't understand. They don't know. But oh God knows and he died for them and he shed his blood for them and he'll take care of it. I'm telling you, one of these days they'll become an adult and they're going to look back and they're going to say, how did that church treat my mama? How did that church treat my daddy? Even though when I grew up, I found out what kind of person they were. But if that church loves them, if that church prays with them, if that church shows the love of Christ, that, my friend, is letting them grow together. I may be producing some question in some of your minds, but I would direct your attention back to this word, the parable of the tares. It's not the parable of the wheat. It's the parable of the tares. He said, leave them alone. Let them hear the same preaching. They may not repent when it's time to repent, but leave them alone. Let them come back. Let them be. God will take care of the rest because there's a day coming, a day coming. The Bible says, as therefore the tares, he said, the enemy that sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. There are times when God shows something. He reveals something. I remember one time I was... I was in prayer. However it was, I don't recall when it happened. I said I was in prayer. I I know I prayed about it. But the Lord showed me something. He showed me a, a person in the church. This was years ago. He showed me a person in the church and I, I was I was praying about this person. God why is this person going through what they're going through? Why, why are they suffering like they are? Why did you show me what you showed me about them? I was troubled. I didn't know what to do with the information God gave me. And the Lord impressed me. I showed you so you would pray about it. So you would pray for them. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? 
What do you think Jesus sees when he looks down at the church? What do you think he sees when he looks down and sees you? What do you think he sees when he looks down and are you a wheat or are you a tear? You see, we can look around. It's not harvest time yet. We don't know what we are. We, we, we think we do, but sometimes we don't even know our own selves. And certainly I don't know, and I'm not trying to say cast a suspicion on people around us. But I'm saying that the real truth of the matter is when harvest time comes. The real truth of the matter is when the harvest times come. Amen. And the reapers are here. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be the end of this world. And the Son of Man shall send forth his angels. They shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity. Shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Heard somebody say one time when you get over there. I wonder if the people that is in heaven are the ones you thought was going to go. Or are you going to show up and say, oh, man, I didn't expect you to be here. (laughs) Kind of surprised me. Welcome. Glad you're on board. Glad they let you in. heard a preacher say he said the Lord showed him a vision of hell and he says I looked into the flames and he says I saw I saw my mother and he said Lord what's she doing in there he said she'd never forgive somebody that offended her and she couldn't make it in You say, well, Brother Axel, I don't know. All I'm saying is we got to keep our hearts right. We got to keep our spirits right. We got to, folks. I don't care what other people may think about me. What matters is what he thinks about me. Oh, I, I have people uh, uh, many times, I, I, I can preach a message and I have people come by and they'll shake my hand and say, Pastor, that blessed me so much. Uh, thank you for that. And I so appreciate the kind accolades of people and the affirmation that says they're blessed by something that is said. But my friend, uh, what matters most is what he says. Uh, amen. Uh, I can have people pat me on the back all day long, uh, but that's not what's going to matter when I get over there. It's going to be, what does he think? I'm preaching to somebody tonight. Amen. We may pull the wool over our own eyes sometimes or over the eyes of others, but when it matters most is in the time of the end and I'm standing before him. Will he know me? Will he recognize me? Reminds me of that little drama that, Jeff, you, you, you found it for me after I preached about it one time, and I can't even think of what it is now, but <clears throat> a young man was at an event, and he was doing a personal drama, 
and, and it had to do with going to heaven, dying, go to heaven. And, and he told about how that death, and he says, and now I'm entering heaven. He says, I, I'm looking around this beautiful place. And he says, it's so bright and wonderful. He says, and I'm looking for Jesus. Have you seen Jesus? I want to see Jesus. I'm looking for him. And he says, all of a sudden, he says, I, I knew it was him. I could, I could feel him. I turned around and I was looking at him face to face. And I was, oh, Jesus, I've been looking for you. I, I couldn't wait for this moment when I would see you the first time. And Jesus said, I'm sorry, do I know you? And when that young man said that, you could hear the, oh, across that audience because they were caught up in that moment of the drama waiting for Jesus to embrace him and say, I'm so glad you're here. But instead it was, I'm sorry. What's your name? Do I know you? I'm telling you, friend, we don't want to reach that place where you think you're ready and you've ignored all the warnings and you've ignored all the, the, the things that God has uh, spoke to us and said you need to repent and you need to make sure that's out of your life. It's going to destroy you. It's going to catch you uh, in the wrong place. Am I talking to somebody tonight? You don't want to be a tear growing up in the wheat field. You don't want to be one that rises up and says it doesn't matter. Look at me. I'm like everybody else because it's not going to show until the time of the harvest and when they're burdened over and recognized as they carry the burden of the harvest amen you'll be standing there tall and recognizable as it's not the real thing but it's too late but it's too late am I preaching tonight amen something we need to hear as therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels as they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Billy Welch, <coughs> Billy Welch, a friend of ours of years ago, he preached a revival for us in Arkansas. And I'll never forget a message that he preached. He preached a message that I could take you to the place in the book of Ecclesiastes where he read. And he preached this message, just passing through the church on the way to hell. Why is it that you remember things like that? Why is it that we would even consider except that Jesus comes along and he says, there's going to be tares in the same field as the wheat. They're going to look the same until that day that they stand before him. But it will be too late. The tares will be gathered up and cast into the fire. Am I preaching to somebody tonight that God's been talking to you about something that maybe you need to take care of to make sure that you're ready. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. I wrote down tares have empty heads, but the true seed bears the burden 
of the harvest. Brother Ethan Ferris, victorious husband, Brother Ethan Ferris wrote something the other day and I I thought enough of what he said just to write it down because it spoke to me. It may not have anything to do with you, but it did with me. And he said, quit mending bridges over dried up rivers. He says, it doesn't matter how many times you row your boat, you'll be in the same place, weak and tired, if there's no stream found to carry you forward. Learn to value who and what you invest into, but first of all, learn to value what is it is you are investing. Value the pearl and know when to brush the dust off of your feet and move forward. I don't know why those words spoke to me so, except that sometimes we spend our time crying over things that cannot be changed. When the Lord says, look, you just go on and keep living for me. Get your eyes off of that that you can't change. Don't don't worry about trying trying to build a bridge over a river that no longer flows. Just keep looking at me. Get your eyes off of that which would distract you from the real purpose of coming to church. And that's him. I look to Jesus. When we create an atmosphere that he can move in, it'll touch our hearts and our lives. I don't know how many times I've tried to help people get their eyes back on him. Get your eyes off of the distraction. Get your eye, oh, come on now. Amen, get your eyes off the distraction. I've talked to people. I've sat across the desk from them. I've sat in a chair at a table talking to them. And I wanted to take a mirror and hold it up and say, can you see yourself? Because you don't see yourself very well. I've described you again and again and you keep talking about somebody else. You keep talking about some other problem. And God wants you to look at yourself. Mend me, Jesus. That's what we ought to do. Oftentimes, and I find myself almost in a place to where I have to say, God, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. When I come, I have to repent. I have to be sure my heart's right. Well, Brother Hexham, what have you done? Can I just remind you of one verse? The Bible says man's righteousness is as filthy rags in the eyes of God. When you get to feeling like I don't have to repent and I have nothing to worry about, that's when, my friend, you probably ought to start repenting about your pride. You probably ought to start repenting. Oh, Brother Hexham, you're trying to make us all look like a bunch of sinners. I'm just saying I want to stay in the place to where I can find his grace and his mercy. Amen. He will help me. I want to keep lifting him up. I want to keep praising him. I want I want to keep worshiping him. I want to keep magnifying his name. Would you lift your hands to the Lord right where you are? Jesus, I come to you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. There are times as a pastor I feel most obligated 
to go to people, to a person. Say, I need to talk to you. I just feel it on my heart. I've been watching. I've been observing or maybe even the Lord has brought something to my attention. But most of the time, it's just preach the word. Preach the word. Brother Action, be a better church if you'd do some one-on-one and straighten some people out. You know what? I think I'll leave the straightening out to Jesus. My place is to preach the word. I'll be a pastor when I need to. But can I tell you, I cannot pastor somebody that don't let me. You can't pastor somebody that don't let you. And sometimes their heart isn't ready. But when it is, God can do more in five minutes than what I can do in five years. And I've seen some people come and I've watched them as they struggled over time. And all of a sudden, it was taken care of. They reached that place where they surrendered and they said, not by will, but your will be done. And when they literally laid their life on the altar, God took care of that that they was holding on to. I can't make you do it. I'll keep loving you. I'll keep praying for you. There's people in this church that's going to keep on loving you. There's people in this church that's going to keep on praying for you. They'll help you along the way. They'll do everything they can for you. But the bottom line is, no one can live for God for you. It's got to be you doing it yourself. Oh, I love the Lord tonight. I appreciate the wonderful presence of God that's been in this place. Hallelujah. I wonder if you'd stand with me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You're good to me, Jesus. You're good to me, Jesus. God, I appreciate you. Hallelujah. Thank you for your blessing, your spirit, the opportunity we have to serve you, God, in this life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're so good to us, Jesus. You're so good to us. Praise the Lord. I feel his presence here. Church, would you just worship him? Hallelujah, Jesus. You're good to us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're good to us, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 When you personally grasp the great truth of God's word in your life. No one has to come along and police you and tell you, hey, you need to straighten up, you need to do this. It's in you. He 
he's birthed it. I've seen people come to the Lord, give themselves to God. And I didn't have to say a thing to them. <laughs> there was a change happening. Probably people thought I was going up to them and saying, now this is what you need to do. No, I didn't say a thing. God changed them. They were transformed. They were transformed. One of the people I, in this church, I, I tell you, Brother Pete, you have so blessed me. I don't know how many times I have testified about what God's done in your life. I'm glad you're up here playing that bass. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Baptized in Jesus' name. And if you saw him when he first walked in here, you'd know what I'm talking about. The man has changed. What a change, Sister Angie. What a change. Praise God. I look at Anna. I remember when you first came. You didn't have that smile on your face, I'll tell you that. But look what God's done for her. Y'all that don't know her, you don't know the amazing transformation that God did in that girl. I know what I'm talking about. I've seen it. I've observed it. I believe I'm looking at wheat. But if you want to find some tares, we can find them. But I'm not going to stand up here and point them out to you. Because then that's all you'd look at. There's a tear, there's a tear, there's a tear. And that's not what church is about. Church is about coming and lifting our hands and lifting him up. Realizing that this is his church. This is his, woo, hallelujah. Are you hearing me? I'm, when you release the burden to the Lord, he'll take it and he will take care of it right. Hallelujah. You see, if I built this church off of me, I'd be half in my grave tonight because I'd be carrying such a burden like, oh Lord, what are we going to do? How are we going to make it? But not so. Man, I'm just, I'm like, whew, I love church. I don't know how many times I've had a businessman in this town tell me, he said, Robert, I know the people at your church. I don't know how you do it. I say, it's God. It's God that does it. God gave us this building. God's provided it all. God's done it. Hallelujah. Y'all walked in on a nice concrete parking lot that was paid in full 100%. Except for a smaller offering that was given by somebody in the church. Over $40,000 was given to us by someone that don't even go to our church. And when they gave it, they said this to me. They said, Robert, don't quit preaching it hard. Now that, that, that ought to blow you away. Because we stand here and we say, people drive by and they say, man, how, they, they got money. Yeah, if you only knew. 
We empty the checking account out so many times after we write the bills. But God just brings it back in and he just keeps pouring it out and he keeps bringing blessings. And I'm trying to tell you that's what God will do when you follow him and you put him first. And get your eyes off of the tears and get your eyes off what the enemy's doing and know that Jesus is in the house and it's all about him tonight. Hallelujah. I love him. I love him. Praise God. I wonder if you'd come and just gather in the front. Would you do that? And if you have a special need in your life, would you just bring it with you tonight? Amen. Whatever it is you need from the Lord, he's able to help you. Praise God. Jesus loves you. (laughs) Do you know that? Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. You know, who knows it? Barbara, you know Jesus loves me. Yeah. Can you play it? Not as good as him. That's all right. You stay right there. I'm just going to sing it without music if I have to. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so, little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Hey, why am I singing this? Because it's true. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me. What's that all about, Brother Axel? I'm going to tell you what it's about. If you would release to the Lord the burdens that you're carrying tonight and realize that he loves you enough that he's going to take care of you. This is his field. This is his church. You are his child. He'll take care of you. There's a lot of things that the children of the wicked one can cause problems for you. But I'm saying tonight that there's got to be a place to where you say, talk to the hand while I lift it to Jesus. And I just go ahead and worship him anyway. Hallelujah. I love him tonight. Hallelujah. I love him tonight. Jesus, I love you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Jesus loves me. Yes. Jesus loves me. Yes. Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Would you just lift both hands now to him? I love you, Jesus. <laughs> I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. You're so good to me. 
You're so good to me. You're so good to me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That's the first thing you need to know is Jesus loves you. He loves you enough to take care of you and to watch out for you. And, to, and whatever your problems are, you can just bring them to him and just give them to him. He, he wants you to do that. Lord, here they are. I brought them back to you again tonight. Amen. I, I'm going to worship you. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise you. I'm going to magnify your name. Hallelujah. 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 And if you've got problems that you've been carrying regularly, can I just encourage you that when you come to church, somewhere out there in that drive through before you open that glass door, you lay them down. And then come on in. And if you need to pick them up when you go back out, you feel free to do so. But while you're in here, why don't you be free? Don't worry about that stuff. You don't have to drag that stuff in here in the sanctuary. I've come to worship the Lord and to lift him up and to magnify his name. Hallelujah. Oh, God, you're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. Amen. If you need the Holy Ghost, this is a good time to get the Holy Ghost. You need to get baptized. This is a good time to get baptized. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. What a great God we serve. What a marvelous God. God bless you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you was here for this tonight. Would you do that? Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now tomorrow, tomorrow, Sister Axton and I, are going to pack the car and we're going to leave town for just a few days. Amen. There's a cabin in Branson calling my name and I'm going to answer the call. And uh, so we're going to drive down tomorrow and be back on Friday. And if you need anything... Don't hesitate to call. I'll get a hold of somebody else to do it for you. But, uh, but we're, we're, our phone is always near somewhere. Amen. Amen. But son, or rather Wednesday night, Brother Jeff, Wednesday night is youth service. And uh, going to have a great service. Uh, Tim Show is going to bring the word. And they're going to have church. Amen. So when you come to church Wednesday night, come expecting the blessings of God. Would you do that? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The children in here. The children. There's no children's session on this Wednesday, but it's going to be right in here in the sanctuary. Everybody's going to be here. And uh, thank you, Sister Terry, for all you do for the kids. We appreciate it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Turn to your neighbor again and say, you're dismissed in Jesus' name. Would you do that?